Hello, hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of On the Bright Side. I'm your host, Caroline Susco, and I hope you all are doing your best to look on the bright side. You guys, today is a super special episode because not only do I have a guest joining me today, but she is someone who has been able to help me tremendously over the past few years, not only with my personal life, but with so many life lessons in general. So I thought it was time for her to come join me on the pod. So let's welcome my therapist, Billy, onto On the Bright Side. Hi, Billy. How are you? Hi, good. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so excited we're doing this because I feel like we just, the conversations we have are so easy that I feel like they just need to be an episode <laughs> without the names. <laughs> right? I feel like we could do so many episodes and uh-huh. just it would flow perfectly. Right. So today we're just going to pretend the mic's not here. Right. right. We're going to have a session without the mic. <laughs> and no name dropping. <laughs> so Billy, first, if you want to introduce yourself a little like about your degree and we can go from there just so people kind of have a background about who they're listening to today. Sure. So like Caroline said, I am Billy. I am her therapist. Um, I work for Evil Life counseling and coaching here in Bolson Lake. I am a licensed social worker and I have been treating in private practice for a few years now, but I have a long background in substance abuse treatment, um, mental health hospitals, and then for a decent stretch of time was also a probation officer. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of been all over the place as a social worker. Yeah. And me and Billy has been super nice because we've clicked super well and that'll actually bring me to my grateful. But so actually before we get into this episode, because I feel like we're just going to dive right in. How about you start with your grateful of the day? Because that's how we set the episodes. I mean, you know how they work. You listen to them. <laughs> I do. I do. Um, so if you want to go first. I am a fangirl over Caroline and all of her <laughs> content. Um, so my grateful of the day is having the privilege to do something I'm very passionate about every day Mm -hmm. and as an additional perk get paid to do it Mm -hmm. and I love coming to work and it never feels like work to me and today specifically I feel really grateful that I get to give more of my knowledge to Mm -hmm. a bigger audience yeah yeah I'm so excited because like during sessions there will be things where my jaw just like drops open by the end and I'll be like on the way home I'll be like yes I'm like so ready to do this day and I feel like everyone needs needs that so this was like a perfect little duo but my grateful today is definitely having a therapist I click with I feel like it's a very hard thing to find especially like with how crazy and energetic I am (laughs) Like, like you really have to understand me and there was therapists I had because I've had them since like what sixth grade and it was like a dreadful process and now like I'll be going and my mom will be like like are you okay I'm like yeah I just go because like I need to talk like (laughs) it's like a vet session (laughs) exactly I get to dump all of my stuff Uh and walk out the door Uh and leave it behind right and it does it it's just awesome and especially like you're very in with my generation too and so like I was like guys like this isn't like a normal therapist like this is a hip therapist who understands the ins and out of generations you know I really appreciate that because <laughs> I really do try my best to stay as in the know of all generations mm-hmm. right like I treat people from 18 all the way up to like 
in their 70s. Yeah. Like, I feel like I can connect because I keep up to date mm-hmm. on what's going on in right. the world. Right, yeah, because, like, we'll be talking about TikTok stuff, and you'll be watching the same girls I do on TikTok, and I feel like that's an easier way to connect, and when you know the, like, wording of how we talk and act, especially because, like, my generation is... I don't know, we act in a different way, and I feel like we're more laid back. Yeah, I mean, like, I I, I think that each generation has their, their trends and their go-tos. There's mm-hmm. a reason why there's always funny things about what millennials do right. versus Gen Z. But I think in order to connect with both generations and mm-hmm. both types of people, you have to know what right. each of them are doing. Right, exactly. And... Me going in here, I'm always talking about influencing and, like, how I want it to be my career. And, like, if I talk to that to someone who didn't know, like, it wouldn't click. It wouldn't be that connection because they wouldn't understand that passion. Right. You know? Right. You run the risk of feeling dismissed by them mm-hmm. or, you know, like, that's not a real job mm-hmm. or whatever. And, you know, I feel like I completely understand that you can make a flourishing career mm-hmm. in influencing. Yes. Yeah. All right. So... We have so much to talk about, so let's just get right into today's episode. All right, so we were in a session the other day, and I don't, what was it we started on that, like, made us get to this idea? Well, I think initially we were talking about, you know, difficulty in relationships. You know, I think we got basically on the broader topic of, you know, how being a young adult in you know transitioning the 18 to 24 range right. is really difficult for relationships right you're you're leaving high school you're transitioning to college mm-hmm. and then you're transitioning from college into real world and so many changes happen in relationships mm-hmm. because of all of those transitions and it's really hard to navigate those relationships mm-hmm. and how to handle specifically maybe when you feel betrayed. Right. I know everyone can relate to it because everyone has relationships everywhere in their life. And that's why I kind of thought this would be a good, well, we thought this would be a good episode because it wasn't just like running all over the place. Like we were going to focus on one thing specifically because last week we had a really good talk. So I was like, all right, everyone needs to hear this. Um, But yeah, we all know what it's like to deal with someone difficult and let them make you feel like you're the problem, but then it's a whole other thing where we tend to let people who wronged us consume so much of our energy and like where our energy goes to the person who hurts us. It makes the problem grow. And it's exhausting in itself, one, and two, it feels like no matter how much you don't care anymore, there's still always a part that's hyper-focused on the person and what they did to you. So I think we should start there and getting into that and just focusing on first actually focus on the difficult relationships Mm -hmm. and go from there. Yeah. Is that what we want to do? Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like first let's get into why is it so much we focus on these bad people doing bad things versus the amazing people in our life that we have so many of, you know, like where our energy tends to focus on that little negative versus all that positive around us. Yeah, so really frustrating because I know that you know, oftentimes, like, we logically understand that we have people in our lives that care deeply for us, that we love so dearly, that are great, and we have great things in our lives. But then we find that our mind goes directly to, like, the negative people and the negative Mm -hmm. things in our life. And that's because we have innately a negativity bias. As human beings, we have a tendency to pay more attention 
to and give more credibility to the negative information that we are receiving as opposed to the positive information or the mm-hmm. positive stimuli that come into our life. And this, unfortunately, is true even when the negative experience is more insignificant than the positive experience. Mm-hmm. So if there's one negative person in a group of 10, you're going to tend to focus on that. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And you ask yourself, like, but like, why? So like, there's a reason for it, right? And it is the brain doing its job, right? Because the brain's job is to help us survive and alert us when there's like potential dangers and threats around us. So it can be super useful for survival and finding danger around you. Mm-hmm. But it becomes really um, negatively impactful in your life and your relationships. Yeah. Um, yeah. It leaves you in a really negative space. Right. And I feel like, too, no matter how much your energy is not there, it feels like it's always there. Like, no matter how much you really feel like you don't care, there's, like, that part left that, like, still has you caring. And I don't know. There's people in my life that I don't have a hold with anymore. But for some reason, their presence just makes the event feel off and feel like all your energy goes to them, even when you don't purposefully mean for it to happen. Like, it happens unconsciously is that the word yes yes (laughs) yeah so it is really unconscious and that's why like in the beginning of this I was saying like we could have so many episodes about this because I could go off on a tangent right now about why you specifically or why certain people do that and Mm -hmm. it has a lot to do with your attachment style and you know how your upbringing and in your relationships in your childhood and so all of that plays into your ability now Mm -hmm. as an adult to kind of sift through that and pick out what goes yeah yeah but like focusing on them when they're somewhere with you versus focusing on the good you're surrounded by and I feel like a lot of people struggle with that like I said before But what do you think people can do for situations like that to focus on the right part of the picture? Right. Because we'll miss out on our lives if we... Right. You can miss out on possibilities and events that are really important to you because you're so focused on... or, Or what it is is you're really stuck in the hurt and the anger that you feel towards that person. Mm-hmm. Right? So a way to kind of work through that negativity bias is to really train your brain to consciously focus on the positive and actively seek out positive experiences and positive people around you. Mm -hmm. So even if that person's in the room or even if that person may possibly be there, you, you know, train your brain that like when it, when it goes to that negative space that you're going to consciously bring it back and you're going to you know, gravitate towards the positive people and the positive aspects and positive thoughts that Mm -hmm. come to you when you're in that situation. So what do you think the first step in doing that is, especially when you feel like you don't care anymore, but obviously you do if it's still affecting like your opportunities and your, like where you go? Well, I think before we get into the solutions, let's give a little background on what's going on cognitively for okay. you in those situations yeah. or for people in those situations, mm-hmm. right? Because I feel like once we're able to understand it more on like our minds, it helps us understand more what's going on on the outside and you're like, 
your ability to like see it almost. Right. When you gain more insight into what is actually happening to you, then you can implement the solutions more appropriately. Right. Right. Yeah. We do live in a society that oftentimes wants immediate gratification, right? Mm -hmm. We want solutions. We want to fix it. We want to make things go away. Mm -hmm. but that's not generally how things work, right? You know, you're in therapy. Like, mm -hmm. this is, it's a process. It's, it's a, a long, long haul. process, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's not perfect. There's going to be many um, speed bumps yeah. along the way. But really understanding what's the going on um, in your brain, I think, is really important mm -hmm. for that. So what happens when somebody wrongs you or hurts you in some way, betrays you, it's like you become trapped in your brain, right? One therapist would call this the maze. Another therapist would call this a mental prison or a mental purgatory. Mm -hmm. But essentially what it is, is you are caught in a repetitive loop of thoughts about how that person wronged you and you have issues moving on from mm -hmm. that, right? So it's important to know that we are all guilty of this. We all have had this problem at one point or another where we have had looping thoughts about what somebody has done to us. Mm -hmm. So just for some, it happens more often or it happens more easily. But what happens when you feed those looping repetitive thoughts is that you get deeper and deeper into this maze right? Mm -hmm. You get deeper into the mental prison and it becomes much harder to get out. Yeah. I, I know that you can probably relate to the more you think about it, the mm -hmm. more angry you get, Right. the more hurt you get. It's kind of like an intrusive thought. Like if you keep focusing on it, the bigger it gets, like it untangles into something more and more and more. And it becomes more real mm -hmm. and it becomes more hurtful. And your perceptions then are off because what's happening in that moment is, is that your logical brain is no longer in the driver's seat. That is your anger. That's your hurt. That's your emotions that are in the driver's seat. So when you're in this state of mind, you often feel stuck, mm -hmm. right? Like, how do I get out? Like you just said, like, where do I begin this process? So it's like the world continues to move on. Oftentimes you'll see this, like, your friends maybe have like forgiven the person or moved on and it seems like everybody's moving on with their life mm -hmm. and you're stuck in this totally. past situation. Yeah. Like it could be from years ago and people are like, why are you still on it? Like, and I feel like people don't fully process it and that's why it's holds on with people for so long. It just gets dug under more and more. And so then it's like always there in the back of your head. It just begins like to hurt less and less. So much so that sometimes we don't even know what the injury was. Mm -hmm. We don't even remember yeah. what actually happened, what that person did to us. We just know that they hurt us. Mm -hmm. Because that at that point, you're so deep into the maze that you can't get out, right? So the question often is, if we know that this is happening, we know the logical part of us knows that we should get over it, like move on. So then it's a, it's like, why do we allow these people to continue to steal our energy? Mm -hmm. right? Personally, like for me, when I feel like, why do we let people steal our energy? It's because we feel like we don't get the closure because with everyone, you can't get closure. And that's the hard thing about it because you want it to be solved. But there's some problems that you just have to keep unsolved because people aren't willing 
to talk to you. And that's like a hard pill to swallow in itself. And it's something that I have a hard time learning and still definitely need to learn. But it makes sense because it's it's a book that's always still open. It's a puzzle that doesn't have its final piece. Exactly. It feels like unfinished business. Mm-hmm. And we are not good at not having a fix or a solution to something. Right. A lot of times, universally, as it is. Because that's what, like, we're taught, too. Like, you're taught to, like, finish something and see it through. And when it can't be finished or when something's left not to, like, a good place, you feel, like, off. And then, like, that's where my energy goes because I know something's wrong and I fixate on that one little thing because I know if I have to, like, run into them, if I have to see them, like, it's going to be awkward again or my anxiety's going to go because it's not solved. Exactly. And what's happening there is this very universal belief that we all have that the world is and should be fair mm-hmm. and just. But what we know is that that's a myth. Right. right. We're just taught that from when we're little, like good things happen to good people. Like we've said that so many times. Sorry, I probably took those words out of your mouth, no. but we've said that back and forth so many times that like when you're little, that's all you think about. Right, because when you picture, if you picture like a four or five year old, it's completely developmentally appropriate to teach them that when they are good, good things happen to them, and when they're bad, bad things happen. It's a really appropriate way to organize the world in the brain of a four or five year old. But as adults, we logically understand, like you and I can talk about how the world is not fair that tragedy happens to really good people Mm -hmm. and there are you know serial killers who get away with murder if we're gonna talk about (laughs) our obsessions with true crime (laughs) but despite knowing it we hold on tightly to that deeply ingrained belief that the world is fair and We're often trying to balance the scales of justice. So you think things like if you could just understand why they did what they did, or if they truly understand how I felt, then I would feel better. Or if they apologized to me for their behavior, if they did X, Y, Z. Like have like a closure conversation. Right, right. That's what we're always looking for. Will be balanced. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And then you can feel like, closure and feel really content and like, like the way off exactly and then you can go back to this belief that the world is in fact fair mm-hmm. but like you said there are a lot of times that's not going to happen right it's it's two reactions to like some people aren't just going to want to touch it some people would love to dig into it it just depends on the person and sometimes no matter what the background was no matter what the problem was no matter how much it meant to you it could have meant nothing to them Right, or they could not have the capacity to take accountability for their behavior Mm -hmm. or their perception of the situation of what happened is completely different than your perception of the situation and they're not able to have that conversation or maybe you're not able to hear that conversation. There's a lot of factors that go into the fact that we cannot control. Mm -hmm. The just world belief is a way that we try to hold on to control right? Mm -hmm. That we have control of the world around us. Because when we really pull it apart and think about how little control that we actually have Mm -hmm. in our lives, it can be really scary. Yeah. And me, especially like if I, I mean, that's like where my anxiety comes from. And I feel like a lot of anxiety comes from, like you just jump onto what you think you can control when you, you can't control it. And for some like relationships, of course you can 
mend it and make it work. A lot of them are like that. But there's also like a good 25% at least that just don't want to be mended. And some people don't see it as like fairing this. What was it? Fairing? Making uh, the, balancing balancing the, the scale. Like they just see it as a problem, like getting deeper. Right. I mean, how I feel about a situation completely different than how you feel about a situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, there's so many different factors that are going into how we handle, how we communicate. Um, and you're right. A lot of the anxiety that most experience is basically your brain trying to organize information and try to come up with every possible outcome that could happen so that you can control how you're going to react when mm-hmm. that happens, how things are going to play out. But in reality, their control is an illusion. Mm-hmm. We have right. no control. Right. So where would you say we go from there once we realize we don't have control? Well, I think first and most importantly is to know that until you can truly accept that a fair world or just world is a myth and a false belief or let go of the belief that you can and need to balance the scales and you have control in these situations, you will continue to feel stuck. Mm -hmm. So in order to let go of that just world feeling, you're going to have to replace it with something bigger and more powerful. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes that's going to be something that is not exactly tangible. It's not going to give you control. It's just like letting go of that. So it's basically the belief that the universe will take care of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that you're not responsible to fix everything, to balance the scales, and you have to move into this place of, you know, what we often call in the field, radical acceptance. I kind of feel like what's helped me is to kind of recognize what that person has brought to your life. Because before they ruin your life, not ruin, <laughs> before they do something new. Before sometimes it feels like they, do, they ruin parts of your life. Yes, but before that, there was obviously something there. There was a point of love. There was a point of friendship. There was something there before it went downhill. Like it was going uphill before it went downhill. And I feel like it's important to realize that everyone brings something to our life, whether it's good or bad. And it's just starting to shift your perspective to see that. Yeah, exactly. And with the radical acceptance is that, you know, people are going to be who they are Mm -hmm. and people are going to do what they do and you're not going to have control of that. What you have control of is you and what you tolerate from other people or what kind of boundaries you put in place. But you're right. Focusing on the positive parts of Mm -hmm. what that person brought into your life. Right. You know, like if they were your best friend, like relationships come and go, that's life. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, we talked a lot about young adults and why that's such a difficult period of time. And you're really transitioning from this place of friends out of convenience, right? A lot of the times Mm -hmm. we made friends because we went to school with them. We They were our neighbors. They were in close proximity to us. Right. But to think that you and all of those people are going to grow into adults, are going to learn all of this stuff about yourself and still align with each other is really hard to do. Yeah. Now you're transitioning into making friends and relationships out of having the same beliefs and having Mm -hmm. the same you know, personality characteristics rather than convenience. Yeah. And I feel like 
looking at the relationship more as like it served me for this part of my lifetime is one way to look at it versus like oh this is where it ended instead of looking at that part that went south you have years of wonderful memories and wonderful relationship it just it outgrew its lifespan Exactly. And in order to do that, you have to do that really scary and sometimes really difficult act of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Like almost just forgiving them for yourself, not even for them. Whenever I talk about forgiveness, I have to say immediately to people, remember, forgiveness is always for you. It's not for the other person. You're not letting people off the hook Hmm. by forgiving them. A lot of times we feel like, you know, I want to hold this person accountable. I don't want them to think that they didn't do anything wrong. And if I forgive them, then again, you're feeling like you need to balance Mm -hmm. the scales. Right. Well, it's not about that, right? It's in your best interest to forgive people. And instead of thinking that it is for them and thinking it's for you, you're permitting yourself to let go of the hurt and move on so I get that forgiveness and like what we were saying how it's easier for ourselves but why do you think it's so hard for people to forgive well I think because it's the literal antithesis of what we feel in that moment right when somebody wrongs us or betrays us the last thing we're usually thinking about is how can I show this person empathy and love and forgiveness, mm-hmm. right? Because we're so hurt, we're so stuck in that feeling. Uh, rightfully so, right? Like I'm not invalidating that feeling of anger and hurt. It's just that you know that you don't wanna live in that space. You don't wanna allow these people to rent space in your head or continue to steal your energy when they could very likely just be moving on with their life. Right, because it's exhausting. Like, it's almost frustrating that they're in your head, that they've taken so much away from you already, and they're continuing to just dig at you. It's like another subconscious thing where you don't realize they're just always in the back of your head. It's just there. They're not actively in your conscious brain. They're like knocking on your subconscious this mm-hmm. like this you know should I go to this party or should I go out with my friends to do this mm-hmm. because I'm worried that this person might be there and it's like you know that the logical part of your brain is telling you like I don't really care what this person thinks about me but your subconscious which is our you know your self-esteem your attachment your emotions right and like, I, that's the part that's still hanging on to it and I feel like it's a lot of the what-ifs too coming back because again being someone with anxiety it stems off of what ifs so if I'm like oh my gosh what if they say something at night and or what if they tell the story that never actually happened what if they told the people that are going to be there right right and if we're in the same room together are other people going to be and that's again could be a whole nother episode right right and our insecurities and how we bring them into situations Mm -hmm. and we make assumptions about what people perceive us as but it's about working really hard to consciously remember that using love or empathy and forgiveness is for you it's the most important aspect of this right because like I would never tell my clients to do something because it's just what was written in a book it's the best thing to do or Mm -hmm. it's what I would do or you know whatever it's in your best interest to do this for yourself 
So what you're saying is forgiveness is inner work. So do you think forgiving and forgetting is really a thing? Or do you think people will always tend to hold on to that? Like, do you think think they can fully forget? Well, I think it goes back to what we talked about, you know, focusing on the part of the relationship and like what it brought to your life. Mm -hmm. I do think that forgiveness is, like I said, very important for your process and for your healing. But I don't think that forgetting is necessary for healing, right? Like, I think that, yes, you're going to forget in the sense that you're not going to think about it on a regular basis. But I think that these experiences or these relationships are us learning. So we can take this situation or this incident that happened and and learn from it and grow and figure out okay, well, I don't want this to happen to me again, so what kind of boundaries do I have to put in place right. with people? You know, what do I have to say? Or what kind of people do I want in my life? Right. And I, I think that's, you can forget in the way that you can let go of the hurt, mm-hmm. but you don't have to forget about the lesson. Right. And I feel like that is also about, like, protecting your peace and what you have to do to be able to not forget completely, but forget the hurt. By, like, not going into those situations again. You know, like, knowing what you can handle. Yeah, it's letting go of the hurt. Permitting yourself to move on. That you don't have to hang on to this. And you are allowed to feel peace Mm -hmm. and comfort. And you can feel confident that you did everything you could in the situation. Yeah. And you're ready to, to move forward. Move forward. And then from there, what's the next step in moving forward? Okay, yeah, so in moving forward, obviously different tools that you can use and different kind of coping mechanisms, right? So it's like, yeah, we could talk about, we went over what's going on in your brain mm-hmm. and like, you know, where you need to get to, but like some people work really well at doing some kind of visualization of some sort, mm-hmm. right? To kind of bring that peace and that feeling to you. So one of the tools that's described by another therapist out there is called active love. This tool, I know, I know for some people, the act of showing love or giving love or compassion to somebody mm-hmm. that has wronged you feels wrong. Wrong and right? hard. It's like gross. <laughs> it feels really hard. I mean, I have some people where I'm like, okay. So let me preface this with, I understand that this is really hard for you to do because I can relate to that. I know how that feels. Everybody knows how that feels, right? That like, it's literally the last thing that you want to do. Mm -hmm. But again, reminding yourself, this is not about them, right? You're not giving love to them. You're giving love to yourself, right? And so let's do this visualization okay. together. Okay. Okay. Right. Sounds and good. we'll have your audience maybe. Perfect. They can do, do it this. too. Okay, yes. cool. Yes. So what you're going to do is you're, you're going to imagine that you're surrounded by warm liquid light that's infinitely loving and you're going to feel your heart expand far beyond you and your being and you're going to become one with this infinite love. And as you bring your heart back to its normal size, this infinite energy concentrates itself inside your chest. It's an unstoppably loving force that wants to give itself away. So it's like palpable love. Mm -hmm. So, and then you're going to focus on the person who has wronged you, who has hurt you in some way. 
and a lot of the times the person's not physically in front of you, right? Yeah. So <laughs> you are not, not meditating in the middle of an argument and suddenly <laughs> and breathe. <laughs> you're going to visualize their presence and you're going to send all the love in your chest directly to them, holding nothing back, send it all to them and completely expel that love with a deep breath. And you're going to follow the love as it leaves your chest. And when it enters the other person at their center, you don't just watch it enter them. You feel it enter them. You become one with them. And then you relax. You'll feel yourself again surrounded by infinite love, which will return to you all the energy you gave away. And you'll feel filled up and at peace. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's going back to what we were saying before about the memories that you once had with a friend. It's like all that love going out instead of all that like anger and frustration and like, oh, you didn't hear me out, like that sort of anger. And it's just all the love that they gave into your life. That's your final. It's like you gave me what you gave me and thank you for that, but you can give me nothing more now. Right. That sounds selfish, but like for you. I, I... I don't want to say I promote selfishness, mm -hmm. but, you know, we look at selfish as such a negative viewpoint. Yeah. But we should prioritize ourselves. Mm -hmm. We should be number one. And no, we shouldn't be doing things maliciously to people to benefit ourselves. Right. But we should be making decisions and, and showing love and creating a life that we want based on what is best for us, mm -hmm. not what's best for everyone else. Exactly, and sometimes I feel like we mix that up. We feel like sometimes we put everyone else way too first. Mm -hmm. That's like not English, but you know what I mean, before ourselves. Like we just keep putting everyone else in front of ourselves and then it shows and then we're stuck with that feeling. Yeah. And I feel once you give them all that love, it's like, that chapter's finally closed and you're remembering the good of it and that's how like the book ends. Right, and you can provide yourself with closure rather than relying on an external force right. to give you that closure that may never happen. Because that memory's no longer a bad one, it's all they brought to you. Mm -hmm. It's over, it's solved in your brain and that that's closure in itself and sometimes not getting closure is closure and sometimes you have to give yourself that closure and make it closure when no one else can give it to you right and what you have to remember with any of these types of situations is this is a process mm -hmm. so we could use this tool we could do the visualization we could feel empathy and love and compassion for other people and feel like we've let go and get triggered again so be gentle with yourself and knowing that it's not perfect it's, it's a process mm -hmm. and just be gentle with yourself. You know, don't get too hard on yourself when you find yourself thinking about that person again. Mm -hmm. Go through the exercise again, practice it again, and you will get to that point, right? Because not only are you just trying to resolve your feelings with that, and maybe you might even continue that relationship with that person, but sometimes you're also going through a grief process of losing that person. It's like a breakup, no matter it if it's friends, it's relationships. I feel like with friendships, people don't really recognize how it feels like a breakup because you lost someone in your life that was such a big part and now there's just like void of it, of them. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sometimes it could be harder than a breakup, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes they've been in your life longer. They know more about you. Right. You've connected with them more. And we go through grief a lot in life, right? Because it's not just about losing loss as in death. We're losing relationships romantically. We're losing friendships. We're losing jobs. We're losing parts of our lives. Mm-hmm. There's a grief process going on. It becomes really complex and really big and really difficult. So that's why I say to be really gentle with yourself Mm -hmm. because you're going through a lot. And especially, I'm telling you, your age group, Mm -hmm. it's a tough, it's a tough, tough time in life. So many changes, so many transitions. Mm -hmm. And I have so much empathy and love for people your age. Yeah. So basically, I think what we're trying to get at is more that the active love and the empathy and just working to find that common area of peace is what then can allow you to put your energy to those good relationships towards the people that are giving you that good energy because if someone's giving you energy of course you want to give that good energy back and once you stop focusing on these people who aren't giving you good energy you have so much room to have this good energy to give back to others exactly And remember, throughout your entire life, there are going to be people who wrong you Mm -hmm. and, you know, hurt you. But there are so many other people that are going to do amazing things for you and be so important to you. And so when those incidences happen, that when people hurt you, you have a decision. And the decision is going to be, are you going to enter into your maze? Are you going to get into that mental prison? Or... Are you going to tap into the universe and the love around you Mm -hmm. and say, I'm going to let this go? Now that's the perfect way to end this episode. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Billy, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so much fun. And that was a little look into what our therapy sessions look like. I think it was a pretty accurate depiction of what probably our last therapy session session looked looked like, like, right? And now there's one for you guys. So thanks so much for listening. I love you all. And remember to stay looking on the bright side. And I promise you it'll serve you really well. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.